Wow. Wow, so many of you are back again. And those children down here. Wow. I like how you can jump. You'll just about make heaven soon. Wonderful. What a great church. What a great lot of life. Great enthusiasm. Great to see enthusiasm for Jesus Christ. There was a day where churches were sort of very, very quiet and flaccid. And some churches are still like that. But I thank God that I found out that Jesus Christ wasn't afraid of a bit of noise, nor is he deaf. And he's not afraid of life. He likes life. There's a lot of life in heaven. My goodness me. I think a lot of Christians, when they get to heaven, will think, whoa, I've come to the wrong place. So noisy here. Now, God's good. I brought some uh, material with me, and I you know, really invite you to go and look at it. It's somewhere back there wherever you keep your product. And um, I think you'll find that all of it is very... I know they're truths that have impacted my life and have made such a big difference to me, and I believe they will to you. Well, tonight, I want to talk about the felt presence of God. How to feel God near you. What do you do to bring yourself into a position where you can feel God? I spend a lot of time, early morning hours, not every morning, but most mornings, just being in the presence of God on my own and fellowshipping God. And I like to sense the presence of God around me so that I am not just saying prayers, but I'm communing with God and God speaks with me. And it truly is a wonderful time. I wouldn't do without it. Some years ago, about eight, nine years ago, maybe, something like that, I was up in Alaska. It was a very significant time for me. I was going through a difficult period of my life. And God came and gave me what I would call a visitation. And in that time, he taught me many things. You young people, you know how you can download off a computer, download onto a computer. And it was like that. It was like he downloaded knowledge into my life. Once before that, it happened to me many years before. And for three, four days, the Spirit of God would sort of fill a room where Anne and I were staying downstairs in my mother's house because it was cheap rent. I was going to university and it was just cheap rent. And it was also mum was a wonderful lady. And so we were living down there and the Holy Spirit filled that room. And I'd sort of know things. And I was taking a Bible study at the time with some people and I'd teach them what the Spirit of God had been talking to me about. It was about things like how to move in the Spirit, how to understand the Spirit. Coming from a Methodist church background, I didn't understand those things. And I got an understanding there. And I'd go and teach them, 
And that Bible study just grew up to about 240 people very rapidly because I was teaching things that I just learned and they would work and people were coming alive and, and we were just having a great time. Later I built a movement by the grace of God and that movement was built on those truths that I learned from the Holy Spirit there plus swelled out information and other information of course. And then in Alaska God taught me many things and one of the things he taught me was how to live in his felt presence. There's a verse in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And that had been translated and I'd heard it preached, we walk by faith and not by feelings. Anybody heard that? Anybody? One person? Well, I'd heard that many times. I'd heard it so being a young preacher, I preached it because that's what I heard some older preachers saying. So that's what I said. But the Bible does not say that. The Bible doesn't say we walk by faith and not by feelings. The Bible didn't mention feelings. It said we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith operates out of your spirit, the very center of your being the very essence of you. <clears throat> uh, sight operates from my natural mind. So God says to me, I don't operate by what I see with my natural mind, circumstances that seem impossible, people who seem like they're not interested. I walk by the Spirit of God and I walk by what the Spirit of God is telling me on the inside. And if He tells me it'll be all right, it's going to be all right. <clears throat> So I walk by faith. <coughs> faith links itself to the word that God says to you <coughs> and not by what my natural eyes see. So it doesn't mention feelings. Now I don't walk by feelings. I do walk by faith. I walk by, by the word of God and what God says to me. But what he says to me, I believe implicitly will happen. I link myself to it. <clears throat> well, how do you sense God? How do you feel God? Well, I'm sure that nearly everybody in this room has felt God and I had felt God too. From time to time I would feel God. Oftentimes I would feel God. And then I'd go for periods where I didn't feel God. <clears throat> And I love to feel God near me, to sense Him around me, that incredible sense that God is with you. It makes you into a superhuman being. It just gives you a dynamic that nothing else in this world will ever give you, that sense of His presence. Moses knew the ways of God. That is, Moses knew how God did things. The children of Israel saw what God did. <clears throat> they saw the result. But Moses understood how God did it. And I always wanted to understand how. How does it work? How does faith work? How do miracles work? How does God do things? I've always had a quest to know it. I still have a quest today. 
though by his grace he's shown me many things. So I had this quest in my heart for a long time, God, how do I walk in your realized presence most of the time at least? How can I walk with you so that I realize you near me? Now, all, all great things of God are built on truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word, the Bible, is settled forever in the heavens. All of this word, or nearly all of this word, was God speaking to a person and they wrote it down. So nearly all of the Bible was God's words to a person. Have you ever thought Abraham was a great man? He's called the father of all of us who live by faith, which is all of Christendom. And uh, so though he's a great man, have you ever read his life story in the Bible? 25 years of his life story. Yet there's hardly any words that Abraham said recorded. Only when he answered back to God, that's recorded. But what Abraham said is not recorded. No speeches of Abraham. Surely he had something worth saying. He's the father of all of us who live by faith. Yet there's no sermons of Abraham. There's just God speaking to Abraham and Abraham either doing or not doing and stuff like that. But Abraham walked with God. So there's truths that we build our live life on. Those truths that come from God, these are some of them. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Well, the end of the age is not yet. Lo, I am with you. If he is with me, I want to sense him. I want to be aware of him. I want to open my being so that I can actually be aware of him being there and not just take it by faith as I used to hear. Now, if I cannot be aware of him, I take it by faith. But I want to be aware if it's humanly possible for me to be aware. Again, the Bible says, Christ in you and me, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 27. John 17, 23. 21, 23. All many places. Jesus Christ by his Spirit has come to live within me. If he lives in me, I want to feel him. I want to be aware of him. Surely I can be aware of this indwelling heavenly guest who is the son of the living God, very God of very gods, king of kings and lord of lords. This mighty one has come to live in me. How honored I am. How humble he is that he would come and live in a man like I. So I want to be aware of this heavenly one that's come to live within me. I want to sense a sense of awe that this mighty one would live in me and daily in almost every day of my life, sitting alone in my chair at home, I develop that awareness of this mighty one who's come to live within me, who can do anything and to whom all things are possible. And then he said, and Clark, if you'll believe me and believe my word to you, all things are possible to him who believes. This mighty one, surely if I could be more aware of this great one, 
this mighty one, then I would live a more powerful life, that I'd be more effective for him, and a better human being. Surely, surely, I couldn't have the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings living within me and never be allowed to feel him, to sense him. So if I learn the way of how to sense him, how to be aware of him, how to feel him, then I can enter into that state of being and live with my God and commune with him and be aware of him. And to me, that was a prize that I coveted greatly. And I want to explain it to you in a very simple way tonight so that you too on your own at home can within moments as you practice the presence of God, you can slip into an awareness of the mighty presence of the King of Kings. It is not hard. It is easy. I have taught children to live in His presence, taught my teenagers at home to live in His presence, my young adults and my seniors to live in His presence and to be aware of Him. How to be aware of the realms of the Spirit. And we've had at times in our services the wind of the Spirit blow across us. And about 30, 40, 50 people come out to the front to testify. Others felt the fire of God fall on them and burn on them as the mighty realms of the Spirit of the living God of Jesus Christ just moved amongst us. The realms of God are so wonderful and vast. And traditionally in church, we have limited God to three hymns, a 20-minute sermon, a prayer, a benediction, and we go home. That is not church. That's a travesty. That's not church. That's not Bible. You won't find that in the Bible anywhere. People met with their God. And they were in the Spirit. I being in the Spirit on the Lord's day, the Lord showed me. Hallelujah. That's church. Church is to be in the Spirit, in the Lord. Having the Lord move over you. Feeling Him on your body and in your soul, the mighty God. Well, God moved over me and he said this to me in Alaska. I'm going back to there. He said, one day when he was close to me, he said, you don't know the Bible, do you? And I got a shock. I thought I knew the Bible pretty well. And I said, Lord, I think I know the Bible fairly well. No, he said, you don't know the Bible. I said, Lord, I've studied the Bible from cover to cover. I think I know it fairly well. He said, you don't know the culture of the Bible. And I so I began to search for the culture of the Bible, the culture of the Hebrew people. There is only one culture that God ever formed on the earth, and that was the Hebrew culture. He didn't form the Kiwi culture. He didn't form the Australian culture. He didn't form the culture of the outback where I grew up. He didn't form the culture of rugby league, though I like rugby league. And uh, I think you all blacks are fearsome opponents. And in our church, we have a World War III whenever New Zealand and Australia play because we've got heaps of Kiwis and heaps of Aussies. There you go. It's not as bad as when Queensland plays New South Wales on the state of origin. 
Then it's almost bloodletting. However, that's when you can feel, and yet we've got the Son of God, and we close our feelings down. But we open them up. If the All Blacks and the Australians were going and they were neck and neck, they were draw, they were even, and the All Black winger got the ball, and it was just a few seconds to go in the game. And all the Kiwis sat there and said, I hope he makes it. <laughs> never. Never. Nearly coming out of your skin. Liz ran on your feet. The whole body tense. Yeah! Help him! The Australian dives for him. Misses him. He made this go. Yay! Everybody's on their feet, jumping around like lunatics. Emotion. And yet Jesus Christ has kicked the greatest goal for you and me. Okay, so I looked at the Hebrew culture and I noticed this. By watching how God trained a culture, He trains a culture by training their thought form. And He taught them to feel their thoughts. That's a very key statement. You never want to forget that statement. God taught His people to feel their thoughts. It was a whole being education. And when a Hebrew came to do his sacrifice, he'd lay his hands on the animal, the priest would cut the throat of the animal, catch some of the blood, and it represented this man's life in his imagination, in his whole empathy of his being, his whole life, all of his sin and his family's sin went into that sacrificial animal. The blood was taken into the altar and there it was cleansed, brought back and sprinkled over him and he received new life. And his emotions lived through all of that. It wasn't a dry theological exercise. His whole being was involved in enacting this truth. Here yeah, God trained a Hebrew man to feel his thoughts. I noted that Aristotle and Plato were the first educators in the whole world who trained the mind of man, trained the thoughts of man without reference to his emotions, devoid of his emotions. And every Western university has followed that model. Sadly, most biblical Bible schools have followed that model. And we have trained the minds of people and left their emotions out of it. So we in the West have a dichotomy between our heads and our emotions. It has done damage to we men more than we could think. So that it's made us lock up inside of ourselves and not be free with our emotions. For certain things are manly and certain things aren't. Who says so? Well, our culture. Well, God didn't make it. See, he, God taught a man to feel his thoughts. So you notice uh, David, when he comes back and he's bringing the ark in, and David was, a true he David was a true Hebrew. So bringing the ark back in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse uh, 13. So it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, 
that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. They're bringing the ark, the presence of God, back into Israel. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, his emotion, his whole being. It was before the Lord. The Lord was enthroned on the ark between the golden cherubim. The glory, the Shekinah was there. And David was dancing before God with all of the litheness of his human body, with his whole vigor and vim, the entirety of David, his intellect, his emotions, his body, was all occupied in his magnifying God. He was getting out of his skin, if he could, in his exuberance, and yet it was under his intelligence. It was not mindless. It was the whole man offering himself as a whole human being to his God. That's the culture of God. Now, David, if you wholly offer yourself to God, your mind, your emotions, if you feel your thoughts, you can't help but feel God. As soon as I sit down in my chair, I have uh, some pages in my prayer journal that I have a format that sometimes I follow and sometimes I don't. Because I like just to be in the Spirit. But if I don't have something from the Spirit, I flow along through my, my prayer method. And uh, so there I go. The very first note in that is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I sit and I realize this mighty Christ, this Son of God, the creator of the whole universe, the mighty one whom the angels worship. He has come into my life. What an awesome honor. What a great honor. What humility that he would come and live inside of me. And I let myself realize that. My emotions, my will, my intellect, the whole of me, I'm involved. And he comes, 1 Corinthians 6:17 says, that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord, that I am married to Christ in the spirit, that I am one with him in the spirit, that he's done that for me. Did I deserve it? Absolutely no, I didn't. What, am I worth it? Absolutely no, I am not worth it. Did he do it? Yes, by his own volition, by his blood, in his economy, he made me worthy. And by the precious blood that he shed, he made you worthy. You are not worthy in your counting, but in his counting, he shed his blood. He made you worthy. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ states it, that he made you, he gave you his own righteousness. He didn't give you another kind, he gave you his own. But of him are we made the righteousness of God in Christ, is a biblical statement. It says that Jesus said, Clark, I give you my standing with Father God. David, I'll give you my standing with the Heavenly Father. And he has given me the same standing that he has with Almighty God, my Heavenly Father. And I can lift my hands on my own and lift my heart and my whole being is involved with just God how much I appreciate him. But I have his standing. I have often done it when I've gone fishing. I've said, Jesus, you gave me your standing with Father God. 
If you were walking down onto this beach to catch a fish, you could ask the Father and he'd give you a lot of good fish. Well, I'm asking the Father with your standing for a lot of fish. And my wife could tell you, I catch more than most. Quite a lot more than most. He gives them to me. Good fish. Plenty of them. I have the same standing with Father that Jesus has. That is big. You let your emotions feel it. Let your emotions have hold of it. We, and because we are trained in the Western framework, we keep our emotions away from truth. Let your emotions taste the truth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in him. Young people, don't be like my generation. Let your emotions get blessed as you let the King of Kings enter your life, reign in you. And then you start to think, Jesus, what will I be like today with you living in me? Your power. Now if Jesus comes into you, his power comes into you. If Jesus lives in you, his wisdom lives in you. His emotions live in you. His character came into me. His purity, his holiness has come into me. I think about it. I think about it, but I let my emotions think about it. Feel God? It is impossible not to feel God. Feel the benefits of Calvary? You cannot fail to feel the benefits of Calvary. Does it grow stale? I've been doing it morning by morning for years. It has never lost one fraction of its intrigue, its wonder, its mystery to me. This mighty God comes and lives inside of me, walks in me, talks with me. If you let your emotions get involved, now it's like this. I was at university studying theology, and I studied for some years. And I was one day doing a paper on the attributes of God. The omniscience of God, that's the all-knowingness of God. The om omnipresence of God, that is God is everywhere, locally, totally present at the same time and He's no whit diminished. And the omnipotence of God. And I was writing a three-hour paper. And I was quoting this theologian and that theologian and whatever else and writing about the omnipresence of God. The everywhere presence of the Almighty God. And I thought through this paper, as soon as I'm finished, I'm going to have a hamburger and a cold Coke. And I could feel that Coke biting its way down my throat. And when that God prompted me in Alaska, He flashed my mind back to that, and I remembered it as clear as crystal. And I said, I knew what He was getting at. I said, God, that was the greatest feeling I had while I wrote about the omnipotent, almighty God being everywhere. And if my emotions had felt it, that meant you were in that room with me writing that paper. But all I could feel was a cold Coke biting the back of my throat going down. I don't think I'm unusual. I think I'm a Westerner. I've been trained as a Westerner. I have been trained to think my thoughts and therefore I say, yes, I know that subject because I could pass an exam on it. doesn't mean I know it at all. It means I know a bit of theory about it. When you know it emotionally 
with every part of your being, then you know that subject. I have passed my exams on the attributes of God, but I did not know at that time in my life the ever-presence of the Almighty God being with me. I had never felt His presence like I do today. So, if you allow your emotions to feel your thoughts, <clears throat> why, truth, thy word is truth, Jesus Christ is truth, and the words that He said are truth. And as I let those words come into me, and I feel that truth, and I separate myself to it, and allow it to live inside of me, and then be, let it light me, and I start to talk to Him out of that glorious truth. My spirit exalts in God my Savior. It is a wonderful, wonderful experience to walk with a living God. The felt presence of God. I heard this. If I went and said to a, a Westerner at university or anywhere, did you know that God is here with us? And say, you reckon? Well, maybe. Or he might have an argument with me about it. Or have some thoughts about it. And so we could have a discussion. But if you went to an old Hebrew villager, walking down a dusty street in Palestine, and you said to that Hebrew man who'd been trained by God in the Hebrew culture to feel his thoughts, God is here with us. You mean the Almighty God? Yes. Here with us now? Yes. Right here? Yes. Wow. Wow. And Christianity in the West has lost much of its wow factor because we have an intellectual faith. And the intellectual faith won't cut it in the hardest times. We need our entire being held with faith. And to some people, if I'd have come to this church straight out of my Methodist background, and I'd have sat here, I would have sat here in dumb shock to see young people bouncing around up here, lights flashing, everything else. For I would have said, this isn't church. I know what church is. You sing three hymns out of the Methodist hymnal. You say a prayer. You have a 20-minute homily that is very sedately given. You have a closing prayer and you go outside and talk about how the cows are milking. That's church. How dumb we are, we don't even analyze it. That sort of church was never in the Bible. But I could read you about loud clashing symbols in the Bible, like we heard tonight. I could hear you about the blast of the trumpet when it was so loud that it was blowing everybody's eardrums out. And suddenly the power came and all the priests fell to the floor. They couldn't stand up any longer for reason because the glory had filled the house of God. That's church. That's church. That's church. Yeah. That's what's in the Bible. It's incredible. But there are people who are trained to feel their thoughts. So if I sing 
Almighty God. I like to think, Almighty, the Almighty lives in me. The Almighty's round about me. Tell me what I can do, God. And in your Almighty power, I can go and do it. I can go. And as I'm going to do it, I will often drop into the Spirit and say to Him, Almighty God, just want to remind myself that I'm in You, the Almighty, and that You're in me, and that we're going to do this together, and I'm not going on my own, that You, the Almighty One, mighty, surrounded by mighty angels, the warriors of God, we're all going to do this job in this town for You. There's nothing can withstand us while I'm in the Spirit. If I get into Clark Taylor, pretty much anything could beat me. But if I am in the Spirit, and if the Spirit's in me, then I've found in my experience, and I've been in some tough, tight spots, men trying to kill me, etc., I have found I have been fearless, absolutely fearless, one night I was underneath a church and this bloke, every moon he went mad, every full moon he went mad and he came to see me. And I thought I was just beginning in the charismatic experience. And I thought, he's got a devil. That was a logical conclusion. <laughs> so because I'd cast out a few devils and the neighbours were objecting in the church I was in to the noise, we had a dugout part underneath the church. So I took him down there in case he bellowed a bit. And I locked the door behind us. And I got in there and I started to pray. And I said, devil, I come against you in the name of Jesus. And I was saying these pretty nice prayers. And all of a sudden he flipped. He went berserk. And he picked up a lump of three by two. He was a strong bloke, six foot two, powerfully built fellow. And he got that thing and he was snarling and his eyes were incredible. His face was fierce and he headed for me. There was only about five meters between us. And, he, he, and he was going to take about one second to reach me. And I had time to scream out from my spirit, Jesus! And he hit the ground face first. When the Almighty has joined to your spirit. And when you've joined to the Almighty, hallelujah, nothing can disturb you. Nothing can shake it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No power in hell or on earth. Nothing, nothing. All things are possible to him who believes. All things. But you need to be doused up where the Almighty is inside of you. Well, I've learned a lot more than I did in those days. Anyhow, I got the devil out of him. Wonderful Jesus. Another time I'd had a heart attack. It was in my big church. There were thousands of us there. And I was, I was pretty crook. Just made back to church. You know, I'd had a massive heart attack and I was recovering. Just come back to church and sitting there, puffing a bit, pretty weak. And there was a person over here started to manifest. And some of the young pastors went to cast the devil out. And you just know things, you know. You know what's going on. When you're in the spirit, you can't help it. And I looked at that bloke, and I thought he couldn't blow the fuzz off a peanut. He hasn't got any power at all on him. He ain't got fuck, guess what he's doing. And I saw him go over and, and fiddle around there. That's all he was doing. I couldn't bear it. 
I thought, I'll get that devil out of it. It's the last thing I'll do on this earth. I got up and I was about staggering. I got over to that woman and with one bellow I cast the devil out of her and then two men caught me as I was falling down. But I got that devil out. <laughs> I got him out. And they literally, they carried me out of that church and all the way my spirit was joyous and thinking I got that devil out. I got him out. And I got better and come back. Anyhow, had I known what I now know, I would have been more powerful. Can you catch what I'm talking about? If you feel the truth, if you become a Hebrew instead of being a Westerner, take all the knowledge we've got. Thank God for knowledge. Not against knowledge. I thank God for knowledge. I wish I had 50 times more of it. But I want to feel the truth. I want to feel it. I want my whole being to be involved in it. Now if we feel the truth that the Almighty is here with us tonight, that He gives His angels charge over us, that each one of us has angels accompanying them, do you ever ask your angels to do anything? Or are they so bored hanging around you that you never give them anything to do? Never say good day to them or anything? They're just thinking, I hope this one dies soon. I might get another one's a bit more life to them. <laughs> are you even consciously aware of this mighty realms of the Spirit that we walk in here on earth? Do you develop that awareness over your life? So the angels are your companions. The mighty angels of God, the warring angel Michael, the warrior angel of heaven. My goodness, if I'm in a tight spot, I often ask the Father to send Michael and his armies. He'd clean them up, no problem at all. No problem. Who are we? This mighty realm of heaven on earth that we walk in. So, tonight I'd like us to do just a little exercise so that we can start to put into practice what I've talked about. And if you can practice it here in church, you're more likely to do it at home. So let's do this thing. <clears throat> I'd like you to cooperate with me. I'd like you to let yourself go along with my, my thoughts. I'll never say a thing that's not biblical. So you can abandon yourself to it without any trouble. If you just uh, close your eyes and, and just do Allow your imaginations to, to be linked with you and be enlivened in you. For instance, let me help you enliven your imagination. If my imaginations are feeling dead, I do this little exercise to myself. So I'd like to ask you to do this simple thing. I'd like you to go to your house, stand in front of your front door, open the door, walk inside of your house, and sit down in the most comfortable chair in your lounge room and feel what that feels like. All right, look this way. How many of you could do that? How long did it take you to do that? Second? Because you've been there, so you could do it. So I've been in the presence of God thousands of times. So it takes me the same length of time to be aware of the incredible Christ living inside of me 
as it took you to go to your home. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like you to be aware of this, please. Asking the Holy Spirit to help you. Just saying simply, Holy Spirit, help me. I'd like the Holy Spirit to help you see in some way represented to you the Lord Jesus Christ standing one to two meters out from you. The Spirit of Jesus. You might see a figure, something, an awareness, a sense, something the Holy Spirit will give you. I'd like you in the imagination of your heart to open your chest up like two big barn doors and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'd like you to be consciously aware and let your emotions be involved, to feel the presence of the Master coming into your life and let the doors close behind Him. And the mighty Christ has come to live in you, that He joins Himself to your spirit, welded to your spirit, that word join means, just identified with you, the mighty Christ within, that their knowledge that you will now start to feel your thoughts. And you can go on your own direction now if you wish. And just to feel the thoughts. If your mind gives you trouble, do this. You'll trick your mind. What would it feel like if I could feel the Spirit of God living in me? What would that feel like if I could feel the Spirit of Jesus inside of me? What would it be like? And a word will come up inside of you. What word would that be? Now, if you look this way, put your hands up if you feel a word coming up in you. What word come up in you? Joy. joy. You just felt that joy. Then you want to keep that. And if it was me at home now, I would experience that joy. I'd let my emotions really revel in that joy and and then another thought. Arise. Who? Arise. arise. Like you would arise. You could stand up on the inside. Yes? Trust. You could feel implicit trust. I, could, I can just trust this mighty one. It, you, so then you let your emotions feel that. Revel in it. Glory in it. Who had another word? Yes. Peace. Great peace came. Peace all over me. Yes. Warmth. Sense of warmth came all over you. See, the Holy Spirit gives all different things to different people as we experience God. Yes, right over there. Somebody put their hand up. Power. You felt the rise of power inside of you. Every day of your life you ought to do that. Just let the presence of God be manifest in your life and ask the Holy Spirit to give you words to describe emotion, and then let your emotions feel them and revel in it. That's a great way to spend your devotional time. I call it fellowshipping with God, just being with Him. Then I go to talk to Him and pray about whatever I've got to pray about, but I prefer to spend time with Him, just to be with Him. Let Him be with me. Well, then I am more useful through the day to God and to people than if I'd have spent all the time saying prayers. The fellowship with this mighty one. Okay, so let's close our eyes. 
and now the atmosphere of the Spirit of God just all over this place. Now I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show me different supernatural things that He would do here amongst us. And I'll just call them out. And, and many of you will feel these things. Why? In the, in the, it's a real, actual truth that there is a wind of the Spirit blowing. And many of you will feel that wind. You'll just feel a brush of cool air blowing across you. Some will feel it really cold. But the wind of God just blowing over you. Just blowing. Others of you, as the Spirit of God is moving, will feel your body. You, some of you are feeling it now being absolutely filled to the brim with peace. So filled with peace, it's like to some of you, you're almost drunk. There is so much peace just settling in your body. And still others of you are starting to feel a fire, the fire of God starting to burn. Just to burn in you. Just that fire from heaven. Let the Spirit of God, the atmosphere of God, just be in this place. So I'd like you to look this way. If you felt a wind of God just blowing over you, put your hand up, please. I'd like you to stand to your feet. I'd like you just to walk down here to the front and uh, like a microphone. Just come. Those of you who felt like, just stand over here, please. Like a peace just overwhelmed you. Would you put your hands up, please? Would some of you just come and stand over here? Now, there's too many of you, so I won't be asking all of you. You can turn and face the congregation. I'm just going to ask some of you, because we'd be here all night. And some of you with the peace of God just over here. Who here felt the fire of God? You felt that literal burning of God. If you'd like to come and stand here in the middle. And I'm going to take just a selection of you. So please don't be disappointed if I don't ask you. So describe to me, what was it that you felt? I just felt a cool breeze come over me, but I also felt the fire. I got so hot inside. Did you really? Yeah. Did you really? Mm. What did it feel like, that fire? Well, it was just a real burning inside me. Right it was up. the same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. Mm. Just the anointing of the Spirit of God all over you. Tell me, what did you feel? Um, just a, a really cool breeze from, from right to left. Just a cool breeze. The cool breeze is out here too. So what did you feel? I felt the cool breeze and I just had a picture of coming from his robes. Just a cool breeze and something else. Come here, mate. Andrew. What did you feel? Um, a very cool sensation. It was a cool sensation. And what did you feel? I felt being 
felt really like uh, something was just sweeping my feet away. I was feeling as if there's some kind of breeze going through my feet. There was some kind of breeze going through his feet. Come here, young lady. Tell me, what did you feel? Um, I felt, uh, I felt like peace in like fire all at the same time. You felt peace in fire. At peace and fire. Yeah, that's Isn't that something? Yeah. That came out of heaven <laughs> and just settled on you. Wonderful Jesus. And tell me, sir, what did you feel? I felt the whole three of them. When you basically said the wind, I felt the wind of the spirit. The second one, uh, the, yeah, the fire, definitely the fire. And uh, yeah. What did that feel like? I could see it inside me just burning, just... <laughs> I think you can feel it. What did you feel, sir? Oh, I felt like uh, God had turned the air conditioner on and I could feel the cold air around my feet. You feel cold air around your feet? And over my forehead? Over your forehead. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that wonderful? It's beautiful. Just the presence. Oh, Jesus! The presence of God. Is flowing. Just turn and face the congregation, please. That's the way. Just one or two more. Tell me, what did you feel? It's the real infilling of peace, but a sense of being enabled as well. Isn't that peace just a wonderful, wonderful thing to feel? So, come, turn around and face the people. What did you feel? I felt the fire of God go straight through me and rise up in me and give me energy and wow. just like a whirlwind, just bring me up with energy. Whoa! Isn't that something else? Isn't that wonderful? One dose of the fire of God is better than ten sermons. Come, come and just turn around and face the people. What did God let you feel? Uh, like I was just tingling all over, like burning up. Just... Surely. <laughs> That right, just tingling all over. Come, some of you come. Just turn round and face the congregation. I just felt my feet was just on fire and I couldn't stay still. Right. Oh. That's right. Come, come. I don't think she's going to make it. I think they're dignified in this church. <laughs> Tell me, what did God do for you? I felt a great, tremendous, deep peace. Deep peace, isn't and that I wonderful? also uh, was aware of a beautiful fragrance. Beautiful, beautiful fragrance. fragrance. Just a beautiful fragrance. What a marvelous thing that God did in just a few moments that so many people felt different things. And there'd be a lot more of you felt things that didn't come out here. Just one more I'm going to ask, and then you can be seated. What, what did you I feel? I felt a total peace. Um, I just felt like totally abandoned to God. I just felt so peaceful and beautiful inside. Just peaceful, peaceful and, beautiful. and beautiful inside. And do you know, if you lock that experience of God into your heart, when you go home and go to bed tonight, if you just think about it again, 
and just renew it again. That is your experience with God. That's just yours. Thank you all. Yes. You're going on 91. Isn't that wonderful? He's taken my glasses off. You've taken your glasses off? Yeah, the Lord did. Did he really? Yeah, I don't use them now. Is that right? Yeah, and I've got the fire of the Lord. You've got the fire of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Give him a clap. He's 91. Good for you. God bless you, sir. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful. Have another drink. Just have a bit more. Just that heavenly wine. You too. You too. Wonderful Jesus. So God is just good. And we are born to live with God. We are made by God for God, to be inhabited by the Spirit of God, to feel God, to be aware of Him, to live our life with Him, to go and do our business deals with Him, to just to get words of knowledge. He knows what the person will take for that vehicle and what's a good price for him and a good price for you. God knows all these things. We just develop that, that knowledge and walk with the Spirit. It is a most wonderful thing. I bought a block of land once outside of Mansfield. They wanted $11 million for it. And uh, God said to me, they'll take $3 million. I said, they won't. L.J. Hooker had it, big real estate firm. And he said, they'll take $3 million. Anyhow, I said, well, we haven't got $3, let alone $3 million. And every day I drove past it. He told me, they'll take $3 million. I said, but God, we haven't got any money. Anyhow, they took $3 million and we bought it. Owner's terms, $2,000 deposit. Would you believe that? In six months, I had to give him a million dollars. I never got a cent in six months. I said to God, God, I'm so embarrassed, you know. I haven't got anything. He said, he'll give you six months extension. I said, he won't. I haven't paid him a dollar of anything, really. He said, he'll give you six months. So I rang him up. I felt so bad and embarrassed. And I said, look, I just don't have the million dollars at the moment. I didn't tell him I didn't have one dollar. And he said, that's all right, Clark. He said, uh, we'll make it another six months. He just offered it. I said, thank you. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. God's amazing. God will do anything to walk with God. It's a marvelous experience. It's an amazing experience. They want $11 worth of $11 million it was. It's like in Carindale. A block of land there to build a house on is worth 500000 Just a bare bit of ground. That was over 100 acres, 130 acres I bought. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Silly characters that took over after me sold a heap of it. But I just reckon God's not making any more of that stuff. You know, I wouldn't sell it. <laughs> I keep it. Yeah, anyhow, that's all another story. But to walk with God and to let him live inside of you and to feel him, be aware of him, is the most wondrous way to live your life. I commend it to you totally, totally.